1: Hello and welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm Lisa Bell. And I'm Candice Campos. Food and nostalgia go hand in hand, right? And today's guest captures that with his restaurant. It takes you back in a time to an era of Japanese culture and brings with it a sense of playfulness and whimsy.
2: So our guest is getting ready for the grand opening of his latest restaurant in the Orlando Milk District. We're talking about Susuru Juju, which basically is just gonna go by the name Juju. So we are so happy to be joined today by Chef Lewis Lin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. Well, this is very exciting. This is now gonna be at least your third restaurant in Central Florida. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, that's awesome. And you are from Taiwan originally? Oh,
3: uh, yeah, original Taiwan. I moved here in 2006. Uh, original, coming for my master degree and <laughs> Stayed a little
1: food. longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: What initially drew you to the Orlando area?
3: Uh, it's my family. Oh, I'm my aunt here, so they come here and just for for the for education. Master degree on finance. <laughs> <laughs> and so how's
1: that ha- how has that helped you with, with business? Do you feel like uh, like that was kind of the best route to go?
3: Uh, nah, not really. Just like it's happened for a reason. I graduated two thousand eight, so it's financial oh. crisis. Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah.
3: So I got to find a job, and I love food. I always love food. I always have like kind of old food. Always connect me to to the family and friends. So I start working at a restaurant, and after I start running my first restaurant at College Park, J, I start looking for the better concept to bring to Orlando. You know, back then, you no. Know, and all the restaurants in Orlando, mostly, especially Japanese restaurant, they only do sushi roll. Right. Nothing else but sushi roll. So I was like, thinking, this is not something better I can serve to my friend or my customer, bring some different like, culture food to the city to do to, to something. So finally, everything was come together. Then we create our the second restaurant, Susuru. It's like a Showa style, like retro, we call the retro style, Showa style, izakaya. And more close to where I can always go, when I go to Japan, when I go to Taiwan, I always can find anywhere serving good food and with casual dining, don't need to be just fancy, dim lights and go there, grab a beer, have some yakitori and auto sound like snack, fry, some fries some fries, okonomiyaki, little kind of like Japanese st- style street food so I can really enjoy it. So that's, I wanna make it happen, and we just, okay, let's open that store over there.
2: So you took over Jade Restaurant, which is on Edgewater Drive in Orlando's College Park neighborhood back in 2015. So many people who live in College Park I know love Jade Restaurant. Um, You speak from experience. Right, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And then Susuru was your second one that you opened in 2018. Yes. And now this is going to be Juju in Orlando's Milk District. How is the menu different in all three of these locations? Uh, if J- someone's familiar with one of them, yeah what yeah.
3: yeah Jay just a regular neighborhood sushi restaurant serving some like good like good food, good quality fish, good quality food. And Susulu is more like like something different from other Japanese restaurants. We're not serving sushi there.
2: Mm-hmm. We're serving
3: other Japanese real food like Yakitori. We bring that's a yakitori focus. Isa can say that. So
2: describe. Wait, I've actually had yakitori, but tell our listeners and our viewers what yeah. yakitori is. It's yaki, delicious.
3: Yaki means a skewer. So tori is, is a chicken in Japanese. So yakitori is a chicken on the skewer. But it's not just a chicken on skewer. It's that like we detail break down all the parts. Like uh, one chicken bone in that, we can break down five different parts from that and. Each part, and we put on the skewer and trim the extra meat, extra fat, and press in the best juicy part of the meat and put on the high temperature, good quality Bei on the grill and grill individual skewer with our mother toddy, which the toddy, the sauce Mm -hmm. we have since day one open door. Every day we were just dipping the skewer, every skewer, we're dipping the sauce and remake it every day and reduce it every day. So that makes also really nice, have all the umami flavor. And with mm-hmm. grilling with that high temperature pitch on time, lock all the juice and finish with all that, chicken skewer. It's is delicious. Just, oh, it's, not just is it's, not, it's not just a chicken skewer anymore. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. that's more yakitori focus is the kind we're having over there. So like 50% of many menu was about yakitori and 8 out of 50 about the Japanese street food, Japanese like comfort food.
2: What are some of the other items that the street food and comfort uh, food? Items?
3: Popular ones uh, okonomiyaki. It's like a cabbage pancake at the Osaka area, really popular over there. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, used a Japanese batter mixed with a uh, ginger cabbage, and we finished with a uh, like you bake like grill it, like you put a flat top, make it like pancake, and it's like a cabbage pancake. Finish with a the the savory yeah, sauce and the seaweed nori chip nori powder and bonito flakes so it's like mix a sour sweet and umami flavor all hmm. mixing one
1: so you were saying it, you have juju which is gonna be your new one and but you have susuru juju so like. You were telling us that that all has meaning behind yeah, this. Yeah. So, what does that all mean?
3: So, we call the susuru because at the beginning we try to do something related to Japanese culture and serving, and all will relate to the food we're serving. So, susuru actually is, is uh, meaning the slurping. When you when Japanese slurping a noodle, the sound they make, they call it susuru.
2: Can you make that sound for us sure? <laughs> right <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so,
3: yeah, yeah. so when they eat ramen they don't like us uh, one by one by they just right. have it continue <laughs> slurp, yeah. slurp slurp serve yeah. all the other way
1: that, and so, that's not that's yeah. not like a bad bad no. thing no. You, you, and do you, you want serve ramen there at yeah. susuru
3: yeah we serve okay. ramen we serve four different kind of ramen with tonkatsu classy one tonkatsu tori baitan and uh mm-hmm. the miso hot and the one was like not, not on the menu, but it's like vegan ramen, so for a customer who's not eating meat. But mm-hmm. uh, Tori Paitan was one of the popular ones, so everything was pure chicken. So the whole idea of the yakitori concept was nothing waste. Everything we trim and cut from the chicken with dough in the broth and cook it extra thick, rich, like, white chicken broth. So that's why it's called Tori Paitan. Got it.
0: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
1: And Juju?
3: Juju will only do one ramen, will be 10-10 ten ten minutes. But that'll be a little bit different. We we'll try to bring like their own different personality with in the each other, each other, the different store.
1: And what does juju mean?
3: Juju mean the the sizzling sound when you're grilling the, the the meat. So when so you, you
1: got slurping and you got sizzling together.
3: Yes,
2: sounds good. So how will the menu be different in the Milk District versus the Tourist District?
3: Yeah, the OG, Susuru, the, the one at Long Vista, uh, just like I say, it's a yakitori focus, it's a kayak, so 50% will be on yakitori. And New Juju, the new, the new Juju at the Milk District, we actually, that will be a different concept. We separate the whole restaurant into three different areas. So first we have a really more a little bit high end called a couple Bar Chef Table, 60, res reservation only, serving 10 courses with a sake premium sake pairing options, and that will be we release ticket at the August for the August first week already sold out whole week. So and we have a second area will be regular Sakaya like dining area. That one more focus on the Regular is the kind of menu, so not just yakitori. We have put a, a, a little different as uh, kushiyaki and a little more different comfort food on the menu. We have a little bit different dish, like a uh, what say. We have a little bit like we have a little bit of good uh, chicken namban, so a mm-hmm. little bit sweet and savory chicken, fried chicken over there compared to the regular people know about the the what's that? karage chicken karage, mm-hmm. the fried the Japanese style fried chicken. And we also have some new item on the menu called the Hokkaido Soup Curry. And nobody really know about it, but it's like a comfort Japanese curry soup dish that I have in Japan. Uh, I barely see in U.S.
2: One of my favorite Japanese street food items is takoyaki.
3: Yes. We, will, will you have that? We have that at Suzulu. We call it Taco Tuesday.
2: Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, so
3: today, we make it fresh.
2: <laughs> nice. I love
3: it. We have the, for only, I think only Orlando restaurant mm-hmm. doing the fresh takoyaki.
2: Made from octopus. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Now, you mentioned um, sake, and you were going to have pairings, which yeah. I love because I don't, I feel like many Americans especially have only had a little bit of mm-hmm. sake. Yes. And recently when I was at Jade, I sampled, well, actually I had a whole bottle of strawberry sake. It mm. was kind of like a creamy. Yeah, stra- the
3: strawberry nigori, that was really
2: What? It was like strawberry shortcake
1: in a bottle. Yes. Well, that sounds dangerous. Right? Right. What is it? What is it, about, <laughs> what is it about just wanting to open up all these different restaurants? I mean, just what is that love? Is it the love of, of making the food? Is it the love of seeing everyone enjoy the food, bringing your culture? What is it that just kind of keeps you getting out, you know, getting out of bed and... And which it's, it's
3: kind of like a it's kind of like a accomplishment also it's kind of like when you see you've done something you want to bring another thing to to that people more like a uh, educated people more like uh, that people sharing what you have mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if you that like, whole purpose of always is because I bear I cannot find this restaurant here I cannot have it so I want to mm-hmm. open one right. for my reason and a uh, reason I choose like boomby stuff because I live there and I can never find a Okay, food, like 20 minutes away from my house. So yeah. that I have to, okay, there's a market there. I got to go there. Smart. So, yeah. so that's how success. And uh, for a reason for doing that, the meal district, because I want to bring a different concept and sharing a different kind of food thing mm-hmm. with people, I think Orlando right now, just a lot of, Like food thing was completely changed mm-hmm. compared to the day I opened the J because I mm-hmm. mentioned come here, all the... Big restaurant was growing, and I see all my friends are doing something different, and I wanna like...
2: It is amazing. I mean, in the seven years since you opened Jade, the transformation that has taken place in the Orlando food scene. And there's been so much that's happened during that time, too. Obviously, with COVID and dealing with all of that, what was that like for you? Trying to manage all of that.
3: Yeah, COVID was, uh, I think it was a changing point for whole world. Like, you never expect that would, right. those kind of things happen. And and you really, 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 like, you don't know what's going on the mm-hmm. on next few months. Like, when it happened on 2020, March, uh, I was like, damn, what am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, so and, did you
1: end up doing takeout? I mean, how did you How did you guys survive? Yeah, we we'll
3: do everything. We do everything. So doing takeout and everybody just tied up and see what, what's what what's, what's going to mm-hmm. happen and government help and have to go through the tough three months four months and and we got through it mm-hmm. everybody come back everybody bounced back everybody's just getting even busier right <laughs>
2: right do you feel like the supply chain issues are starting to resolve themselves or are you still dealing is it, are you still in the thick of it
3: it's still it's still hard especially inflation like Like, we're yakitori-focused, and chicken was going up like crazy, Mm -hmm. crazy. Like, chicken breast was almost three times compared to 2009, early 2020s. Yeah. The wings will never go down. I suppose they go up at the Super Bowl and go back. Yeah. Right now, it's stay there. It keeps going up. (laughs) So it's like a a lot of crazy fun inflation. But, yeah, it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. like restaurant just getting harder because of supply chain problem or inflation and the labor shortage.
2: Mm -hmm. It's
3: like three... Major factor, effect, why you can make money, why you can run a business for a restaurant was hitting really bad. Mm-hmm. But I feel it's getting a little bit better, better. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. still bad, but it's not as bad as like six months ago.
2: Are you right. getting more people, you know, applying for jobs or willing to work or?
3: It's slowly moving better. Yeah. yeah. we still, but it was like dishwasher. You don't believe dishwasher is still the hardest position you can hire Wow. nobody want to dishwasher job. yeah
1: i mean so it seems like you're cautiously optimistic you know you're opening up a new spot i mean how how's that process been like just i mean is it is this the one that was the old pizza hut yes okay, okay. so you're yeah. revamping this because the pizza yeah. hut kind of looks like a pizza hut from the outside right. right but it you transformed it
3: yeah we changed it to the whole idea of one spot because i want to Individual building, the like mm-hmm. bit I can control, I can make it like old Japanese isakaya mm-hmm. house. Right. So mm-hmm. we do a lot of work. We do like we accent outside, we change whole color, and we change inside, we change whole layout. So it's it's a lot of work, and yeah. city do do, do do their job, make sure we do the good job. <laughs> yeah. That's why yeah, yeah. the like taking longer. That's like taking longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. But that's important, and yes. that's good. Yeah. Well, uh, and that when you go into something like that, I mean, did you actually buy that building or are you leasing it? How does that work? I'm
3: leasing it. Yeah. So I wish I could buy it, but we're still leasing it. So yeah, yeah, but because of Pizza Hut, so we do, we need a lot of upgraded. We basically completely just Mm -hmm. change everything. We have to redo the hood and, but it it was in good structure. Mm -hmm. So we don't have like too much trouble on it.
2: And one of the things with Susuru and Juju, you really have this kind of nostalgic theme going on inside. You talk about the signs and yes. stuff that you have. What do you call it? Showa?
3: Yeah, Showa area.
2: So tell us about that and why you wanted mm-hmm. to be like that. I mean, so many restaurants today that we see are kind of super modern and, mm. you know, completely opposite from the look you're going for.
3: Yeah, that's why. There's the this reason I want to open this because when I went back to Taiwan, when I traveled to Japan, I see that's more common side of the the Japanese Sakaya like, look.
2: It's more authentic.
3: Yeah, more mm-hmm. authentic. So yeah. I want to bring that to here. Especially the... I was... like, when, Because I grew up in Taiwan, so we've been influenced by Japan so much. The culture, the pop culture, mm-hmm. the anime, those things. Like, when I want to grow was like everything. I watched it grow up. It was it's part of my life. So I want to bring here. Especially the Showa area was so so, was so... so different compared to all the uh, history of Japan because it was after World War Two. People mm-hmm. was, the culture was, the con- whole culture on the changing point. Changing point, So they will be influenced by U.S. culture, and they try to come out with their own style. That's why I make that show era so different, come out so many different things, like classic one, like the Godzilla, mm-hmm. or from the creator from area, or the Ultraman, Ultra Boy, or the famous animation creator was from the area because of culture, because the area, they have to do something to create their own identity right. that's why it make the area so different that's why I can see all oh, the sign I will put in the store so colorful it's it's really pretty but at the same time it's kind of like sad because they have no money to create their own business signs so they have to use the best way to 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 create something that can stay forever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so those signs was make it so solid so even 40 50 year it won't broke it still can this mm-hmm. but right now it's like Every single piece I de- display in those two stores was like NTPs. Everything was almost average like 40, 50 years old.
1: Mm-hmm. Even wow. something
3: was 60, 70 years old. So where
1: and are you getting those from?
3: All from Japan. Like, it's, it's like a... Like part of my collection and after collecting open the store just keep buying them. We have mm-hmm. friends in Japan so they can help me looking for it. So usually they have some dealers specialized selling those because people was opening those stores in Asia too. Yeah. So it, it, it got in harder and harder to get it because it kind of replicated like... Each pieces was original, represent the story of somebody's family right. son, like three-generation store behind it.
1: You can't find this at a TJ Maxx or a Target. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> no, this, no. Is, this is authentic. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's great. So uh, we try to keep it really authentic. We even like got almost like 40 original Sapporo killing beer crib to oh, make cool. a chair. Nice. So this mm-hmm. like, rep- like, really like common thing mm-hmm. at those Japanese isakaya place at Asia. So, I yeah. we'll try to bring the atmosphere here that like people enjoy. Maybe like transfer. Then, when they walk in the store, they feel, oh, this is just like I've been Japan. This mm-hmm. part of like, oh, yes, I, I feel I feel back to Japan yeah. again.
2: You mentioned Sapporo and Saki. Will you also be offering cocktails?
3: Uh, yeah, for the. We have a few like, more like a farm part cocktail at the original Susuru. Mm-hmm. We have the, the Godzilla drink, come with a. Like a, like small Godzilla feature toy. We have Ultra Boy <laughs> come with like Ultra Man. We have a my QB Boba serving alcohol Boba tea with oh. a cotton candy, and a little QB dough on top. So, but at the mail district, we we'll try to probably do some more like a dough, but also have some fun. So I actually have like ten or eleven Godzilla Tikima. like really a Godzilla size, Godzilla looking Tikima. Ma, yes. like super yeah. rare. We try to. Do that something similar like fun and more crafty cocktail at the new juju.
2: So with three restaurants, how do you manage your time? How do you split your time? Between do you sleep? That?
3: Yeah. <laughs> right? I yeah. do sleep. First, you have to build a strong team behind you. So that's why i, I able to keep opening product because I have a good partner and good teammate behind me, helping me to let me just keep moving forward and they have my back mm-hmm. when I need it. So that's part of the reason we can go through COVID because I... They were willing to sacrifice themselves part of time, part of, like, like helping me to, to get through it. So I really appreciate my team. I take care of my team, too.
2: Yeah. Because, man, that's key. Because, yeah. I mean, you got to be pulled in so many I mean, and they're not close to each other yeah. either. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a triangle. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you were mentioning earlier you are not offering sushi uh, at Susuro or Juju. Why that decision?
3: Uh, we try, just try to make something different. Sushi, not really for sushi. I mean, the sushi roll, mm-hmm. like California roll, mm-hmm, those kind of things. It's really not common at a Japanese cuisine. It's a creation of a U.S. and Japanese new style restaurant. I, I understand mm. that, but I just want to bring something different. We're still serving some different, like, raw dish at the Juju. That probably only different. We have a more seafood at the Juju. So we actually, one special thing uh, we're doing at Juju was... Uh, dry aged fish. So we have a special cooler called dry ager, usually used for the, the aged steak. So we use, use it like that to become the our fish case to dry age some like really good like bigger fish have better fat. So like a uh, king salmon or tolo and Japanese zipping or Japanese king, the golden eye, all the like good fish have a really good fat. So you can reduce the water inside the fish, bring out more umami flavor and actually clear the fish better so actually you dry it right now do a 7 day 14 day experience all the fish kind of extra clean no fish taste and all the fat was super delicious and bring out really deeper flavor of the fish
1: Hmm. That sounds so good. Mm-hmm. What does your family think about this? You know, your family uh, in in Taiwan, Japan, and like I mean, have they come and visited your your restaurants? You know,
3: my parent was they, my most are of family is out Taiwan, so my parents visited me uh, when I opened J, and they was plan to come back to visit, but COVID so yeah, that stopped them. But they were really just kind of surprised that I opened a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my mother, I'll never know you can cook. <laughs> <laughs> how do you come up with a menu like that? Yeah. Oh, that you eat and you, you feel it and you, yeah. you can create something based on, as I told my mom, like, I based on, because my mom cook all the time. I watch your cooking.
1: So, yeah. So yeah.
3: I'll pick up all the like cooking skill, probably or knowledge, how to use it and the uh, palate, tasting food. Well,
1: hopefully so, they can come.
3: Yeah. That'd be
1: awesome to see. That's my
3: plan. This like travel back from Taiwan to here was like, 22 hours
2: oh yeah Ooh. yeah i know i know it's a <laughs> track
3: <laughs> it is going it, kind to of yeah
2: so when do you anticipate to have the grand opening for juju
3: we start doing the couple event we have some we have the industry event last week mm-hmm. uh, like most of the restauranter and the chef i know i invited to juju that and try our new new dish new play and just able to have hang out, have a good time together and this week, we do some like regular friend event, like cocktail style, and we do the friend family next week. So soft opening will be August. After soft opening, when we fully staff, we we'll probably announce the grand opening day for Juju. Great. Yeah, yeah.
1: we're friends. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. We count, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a
3: regular here, so <laughs> regular. Yeah.
2: And then beyond that, I mean, do you have plans to add even more restaurants down the road?
3: Uh, yeah, that, that's a plan. So mm-hmm. uh, one after another one. So I want to make sure Juju was in the right track. Everything was top-notch and good quality and everybody doing what they're happy about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. After that, I'll move on to the next project.
2: Yeah. That's well,
3: awesome.
2: Where can people find you online and get the latest updates on uh, all of your restaurants?
3: Yeah, they can fo- follow us at the Susu Instagram. We also have a Juju Instagram up now, and also the Facebook. Uh-huh. That probably the social media has the best, probably the best easy way to yeah. find us and all the updated information. All
0: awesome.
1: right. Well, you got my mouth watering. I'm, You sold <laughs> me. Let's do it.
3: Almost there, almost yeah. there.
1: Almost there, great.
2: Chef Lewis-Lynn, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for you guys having me. Congrats Bye. on the new baby. <laughs> and I'll see you real soon again at Jake. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, bum.
0: Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest, Chef Lewis-Lynn. You can find his business online at susuruorl.com. That's S-U-S-U-R-U-O-R-L.com. You can also search Susuru on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to follow Lisa Bell online. Search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram or Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. You can also find Candace Campos on social media. She's on Twitter. Just search at Candace News 6. And on Facebook, search Candace Campos News 6. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley, our post-production audio engineer, Chris Flora, and our director, Bob Myers. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And you can find videos of all of our podcasts on clickorlando.com slash Florida Foodie. And be sure to sign up for the Florida Foodie newsletter while you're there.